0: we <laughs>
1: Everyone, I'm Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to what she said right here on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money—that's Wealth Esteem. We hope you're having a great weekend. I'm just back from Australia, so we gave Christine uh, the the day off, and Ann Brody is sitting in again. And you sat in last week. You just taken over the show. I'm taking over. Look out! <laughs> <laughs> Look out! Um, my sister's wedding was great. Oh, isn't? the pictures are yeah. stunning, and I loved her vows. They say you know keep it real she started her vows with ben i vow to keep our
2: fights clean
1: and the bedroom dirty
2: <laughs> i love her for that now she owns a restaurant doesn't she it's a wine bar yeah, willows and
1: wine in melbourne it was my first time visiting it there and she has books and games and people wow. go and sit um, sit for ages and you know over a glass of wine and some cheese and they play backgammon or she takes the- take the books off the shelves. She, and People have been giving her books to put in because she lets people take them. But she got a a, 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 a first edition Jane Austen. No
2: She way. said that one is not on the bookshelf. No. Yeah, I th- yeah. No, I think that ought to be in, yeah. a, in a 3D box yes, somewhere. She said
1: it's a, a little worse for wear, but it is a first edition. So she went back to the person and
2: said, are you sure? And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We love what you're doing here. Well, you know what? Promotion of books. So that's great. I understand that because I met her at John's birthday mm-hmm. and she is so charming, so fun mm-hmm. so fun loving and and yep. and dear yep. you know you're Jeez. lucky
1: it was a, a short busy trip with a long flight on either end but it's all good i'm back <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm back now plan international canada has released new data revealing uh, that between the ages of 18 and 24 young women in canada report feeling less equal because of their gender you think we'd be over that by now um but their confidence is is, is a low um, And those sentiments only improve marginally over a woman's adult life. So Caroline Reisber, she's the president and CEO of global rights organization Plan International Canada. She's going to be here to talk about why young women are lacking confidence in their leadership
2: abilities. Well, don't you think in a way that she has to undo generations Mm -hmm. of, of conditioning, but but, speaking of uh, conditioning. Speaking uh, of conditioning, carving out a career for yourself. If you want to make a little extra cash on your own terms, there's a whole industry out there waiting for you. It's called direct selling. And today we'll be talking about the benefits of it with Linda Rose, the general manager of Mary Kay Cosmetics and Nadia DeRoche and Mary Kay independent sales director. And
1: get your boxing gloves out because we'll also be joined by Yvette Raposo. She first dropped out of university to pursue a career in boxing at a time when women's boxing wasn't even on the radar. At the time, it wasn't even an Olympic sport. Now, she is actually a professional ring announcer, which is a very rare <laughs> role played uh, by a woman, by the way, and she's carved out quite the career for
2: herself. March is Fraud Prevention Month, and personal finance expert Barry Choi has tips on how to protect yourself from fraud and identity theft. And Brody? you are here and you're going to be uh, talking to us um, this weekend <laughs> and Brody oh, you, will be tell us about uh, it. <laughs> Yeah, she
1: has an interview with Canada's most celebrated indigenous actor Tantu Cardinal, who has two films two. out this weekend
2: don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and visit our website at whatshesaidtalk.com where you can watch videos and download our Apple podcast go ahead it's free
3: Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to talk.com.
0: Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
4: This is 105.9 The Region. She says, she's
0: powerful, wonderful, well, I'm
3: Now, back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
5: Plan International Canada has released new data revealing that perceptions of gender inequality reach a tipping point in the critical time of a girl's life when she enters womanhood. Between the ages of 18 and 24, young women in Canada report feeling less equal because of their gender and that their confidence reaches a low. And those sentiments only improve marginally over a woman's adult life. So joining us now to tell us more is Caroline Risborough, President and CEO of Global Rights, Girls' Rights Organization, Plan International Canada. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. In a survey, your organization found that less than half of Canadian young women aged 18 to 24 say they feel as equal and nearly the same amount said they feel less than equal. Was this surprising to you in this day and age? I mean, I think it it is I mean we know from our work
6: around the world that you know this kind of tipping point between girlhood and womanhood is a really critical time, and that girls are oftentimes very vulnerable to things like child marriage or gender based violence or even pregnancy-related complications that's the second leading cause of death. But, you know, we we would suspect that here in Canada um, the the statistics would be different. But what we found is that while the issues are different, this sort of cusp between moving to girlhood to womanhood is a really vulnerable time for them.
5: Why do you think young women lack confidence in their leadership abilities? You know, it's...
6: We, we didn't actually kind of probe this in the data. Um, I think this will sort of be the next step now. But I mean, what I hear from all of the young women that, that we work with um, here in Canada is that, um, you know, oftentimes they're told, as they're in high school, that they can be anything, they can do anything, and that they should set their aspirations high. And this is why we found that for the most part, the majority of uh, teenagers, um, female teenagers felt equal to men. But then as soon as they kind of go out into the working world or the academic world, they I think they start to face the realities that are out there, the systemic uh, gender biases that we, we all face as women. And so they're sort of being told one thing, but then their experience is something else. And this is where then less than half of them said that they felt equal to their male counterparts. So there's a huge drop at that time.
5: So do they not believe that their ideas are taken as seriously as... Boys or men's? They actually don't. And this is what we
6: found in the survey data. So they they really felt that um, their opinions were taken less seriously. They started to change the way they behaved. They even started to change the way they looked so that they would be taken more seriously. Um, They became more afraid to actually put their opinions out there. So this was all revealed in the data. And it it was actually quite shocking. What a difference you see between sort of teenagehood or girlhood and womanhood, The, the, the stats around their confidence and their opportunity. Opportunity and ability to lead drop.
5: Well, tell us about some of the key findings then, because I found this one shocking, that 61% of young women aged 18 to 24 have never received mentorship. And that number jumps to 67% of women aged 25 plus. Of all respondents over the age of 18, 70% said they had never been a mentor to other women and girls. So is it a lack of support among women? You know, I I think the stats are interesting because we
6: know, kind of from a broader um, standpoint, that when you are mentored, you are 30% more likely to achieve leadership roles. And so... The, the stats were quite disturbing to find that so few girls and and young women had received mentorship or even that they were mentoring others because then what that means is it will hold them back from leadership roles out in the workplace and further on in their career so you know again I think that this is sort of a real call to action for us to say that you know we, we've got to do things differently we have to make more of an effort both men and women to mentor young girls in the workplace to kind of reaffirm their ability to lead and and their opinions because obviously they're they're feeling like they need to change themselves once they get out there into the working world and their confidence is taking a hit
5: well I think we've heard this in various forms uh, and various shades uh, in in the past number of years but but Nothing seems to be changing. So how do we change it? How is Plan International Canada trying to change the conversation and encourage young girls to reach their full full potential? And what can any other, besides what you're doing, what can the rest of us do? Mm -hmm.
6: I mean, I think one thing is we just need to get the data out there. And that's so important. So, you know, thrilled that we're talking about this today because we have to raise awareness around the issue. So that's the first step. The second step, and, and we were really calling on people during International Women's Day, but I think this. Can't just be one day. This no. literally has to be every day of the week. Right? Um, you know, we were calling on people to start having the critical conversation. So whether it's within your family unit, whether it's within your school or your workplace, um, and what we've done is we've prepared a discussion guide. So you can go to our site, plancanada.ca/slash-iwd for International Women's Day. So plancanada.ca/slash-iwd, and you can download our discussion guide, which will actually help to start exploring these issues and also start solutioning together around how we can do things differently. And, you know, of course, we'd love for Canadians um, from all walks of life to join with us um, at Plan to continue to tackle these gender inequalities that don't just harm girls and women, they actually harm men and boys too.
5: So what are some practical (coughs) ways that people can incite change and take action for gender equality? I mean, should students... In high school, go to the principal and say, we need some mentors, find us some mentors out in the community? Do they go to city council and say, we need mentors at school? I mean, what, what can we do? Hmm. I
6: mean, I think the answer to all of that is yes, and yes, and yes, again, and yes, again. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think that this is where, um, you know, oftentimes, young women, what we're finding from the data are scared to even go out and ask. And so I think, um, you know, mentorship is a great first start. And, and obviously, when you have a mentor, you, uh, you feel more confident putting your ideas forward. And I think what's happened is sometimes, you know, women and girls are not used to asking for things we, we, uh, we aren't socialized that way. So we're even a Afraid to kind of get out there and say, "Listen, we need mentors." Um, and then I think too, you know, overcoming some of the fear, um, it, and and I think as as we're aware of the issues, we can actually change our approach. So what I would say to young women and girls is sort of what I say to them all the time. You know, put your opinions forward. Make sure that you're at the table and uh, and and really, you know, overcome sometimes that um, those thoughts in your head that would that would hold you back, and and just put yourself out there
5: because uh, you have something valuable to give, and we want to hear hear from you. I think everybody has something valuable to give. I should tell you that I've been contacted my whole career from young women who've emailed me and said. I'm sure you're going to say no, I but, but I would love to be able to get together with you and have you look at my project or, or, or talk to you about the business or whatever. And so I've mentored countless people. And so I would say, send an email, send an email, you, you'll likely not get the no that you think you're going to get, mm-hmm. you know, I think people would love to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, part of
6: it goes back to really how we're socialized. Oftentimes, boys are kind of encouraged to ask for what they want and girls not as much. And so it's sometimes not an uncomfortable place to be even to ask
5: for a mentor. Well, listen to Caroline. (laughs) Go and ask for what you want. Exactly. Email Caroline and she will mentor you, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly,
6: exactly. And, you know, I think, too, beyond mentoring, though, um, no. to make women aware of, of some of the issues that are out there. So, you know, um, holding themselves back or not bringing really the, their full selves to the table. Sometimes we can
5: just counteract things by being aware of the issues. Exactly. Aware of the issues. And hopefully, if you get a good mentor she'll kick your butt and tell you, right, what (laughs) to be aware of and to go and ask for what you want and to make your voice heard and say, excuse me, excuse me. I had something to say. Exactly. Right? And I think, you know, part this of is the, great. The, the
6: fear with the Me Too movement that we saw is that um, a lot of uh, men now are, are shy or kind of holding back um, in terms of mentoring or working closely with young women. So because I would they, say they're afraid that they, they, they will be assigned sort of uh, dubious motives. Right. And so, you know, I would say to, to men in particular, too, because they often hold a lot of the positions of power is don't be afraid to mentor uh, young women women as well
5: well you know i'm so happy caroline that you joined us today that you have brought this conversation to light and hopefully uh people who are listening will have that conversation with the women in their lives or the children in their lives and you know the men in their lives and we'll Mm -hmm. we'll we'll get this going great well thank you for having me thank you for coming
3: She said What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back
5: tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo
7: code what she Said." Hi, I'm Stephanie Krasik, founder of StrainPrint. If you want to learn more about cannabis and are curious about it and maybe are thinking about using it for yourself, check out strainprint.ca, check out our community that we have, which is filled with wonderful people and great conversations, and download the app StrainPrint for free at Google Play or the App Store.
4: This is 105.9 The Region.
5: Joining us now in studio is Yvette Raposo. She's a boxer turned professional ring announcer, which is a very rare role played by a woman, by the way. And she's carved out quite the career for herself. Welcome to the show. Thank you. From fighter to entrepreneur to fitness coach, radio show host, speaker, and now professional ring announcer. Why don't you start by telling us all about where it all started? Why did you want to start boxing? Well, I fell
8: into boxing, or it found me, because I was working at a gym at the time where I was pursuing being a personal trainer, which okay. is what I knew I wanted to do. It's the career path I wanted to follow. And at the time, I was actually training for a bodybuilding competition. And part of my training, I included some boxing movements for the conditioning and for cross training. Mm -hmm. And the gym where I worked happened to have a very sophisticated boxing program in the basement of the gym. And so I was just exposed to it. So that's where it started. And then soon after I finished my bodybuilding show, one of the coaches asked me to step inside the ring and move around with one of the other female fighters just because I had some experience on the bag. And that was it. As soon as I stepped in the ring, I knew that that's where I wanted to head with my competition. So I switched to boxing.
5: Well, when that moment happens where you know this is it, right? Do you remember that? Oh, yes. The second?
8: Oh, yes. I remember the breath that I took in when I knew that this was what I wanted to do. It was in that moment when I was sparring this girl, this woman, and she was a fighter, and she she put me through the, my paces. Um, she had no mercy on me, and so sparring is pretend fighting, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of one of those rounds, maybe I did three rounds with her, I was hyperventilating and gasping for air, and it was just this life that was infused in me, and I knew this was, you know, I'm a pretty extreme person. <laughs> If you couldn't tell. So that invigorated me and that challenged me. It stimulated me. And I knew it was more than just the physicality of it that I was enjoying. There was something that was just spiritual about it.
5: Yeah, for me. it wasn't just the exercise of the day. No. There was something that just completed you. Something it, that, that was way,
8: engaging yeah. about it. Yeah. It really engaged me.
5: Well, you actually dropped out of university to pursue a career in boxing at a time when women's boxing was not even on the radar. Mm-hmm. At the time, it wasn't even an Olympic sport. Nope. Uh, what was that like, going <laughs> against the, you know, against the current?
8: Um, again, I, I mean, I didn't think about it that way at the time. I just knew I didn't want to be in school. And I just knew my school was the school of hard knocks. I just knew my school was going to be inside the ring. So wherever that led me, I was okay with that because it was more than boxing for me. I mean, I knew I, I wanted the experience of being a fighter, um, but that, experiment, that experience was going to take me beyond the ring and it was going to take me beyond the classroom. So at the time, because there was not a lot of women in the sport it didn't worry me because I knew I was acquiring something very unique and I knew I was growing as a person as well. So because there weren't a lot of women at the time, I mean, I didn't see a future in terms of where I was going to make a, a whole career out of it. Right. My, m- my only option was to go professional, which is what I did do eventually. I did, mm-hmm. do, I do, I did get my professional license to fight. Uh, unfortunately and fortunately, it was a blessing in disguise. I didn't pursue the pro career, but I very soon... After my amateur career, started teaching and started becoming, and I, w- I became an entrepreneur, teaching boxing and being a boxing instructor.
5: So let me guess: your parents were gung ho for this, or kind of like, no, no, you need to go back to university for a plan B just in case.
8: They were devastated. And I went to two universities. I tried it twice. I really tried. And the second, my second year was a different program. I was taking kinesiology because, again, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I knew I wanted to be in the fitness industry. So yeah. I thought, okay, I'll take kinesiology, and that'll legitimize me in Ex- the industry. Yep. And my parents, you know, they were immigrants here in Canada. They didn't yeah. have the opportunity to go to school. So they just really wanted – and, you know, to be fair to them – There were times in life, this was 20 years ago now that I dropped out of school, there were times in life where that limited my options. It might have limited my options, but it didn't matter because I always knew there was another angle to it. So they were devastated, but they also knew there was absolutely no stopping me. They saw how dedicated I was Mm -hmm. to the gym life and to boxing, although at first they just thought the boxing was cute. They thought it was a phase that I was going to grow out of Yeah. until they eventually came to one of my fights, and it was very hard for my mom to come. Um, and then that's when she realized, "Oh, okay, this is real. She's actually getting hit in there." Right? So
5: So um, obviously you faced the challenge of facing your parents, but what are some of the challenges uh, that you faced out there being a woman in really a male-dominated, completely dominated industry?
8: Uh, different challenges. One of them that comes to mind is the physicality of it. So mm-hmm. because there weren't a lot of women that I had access to, to train with, yes. I was sparring with and training with a lot of men. So men would dominate the gym, probably 90% of the gym was, was male. Mm-hmm. And so the physicality of it, it, it became interesting because, you know, here I am training for another female fighter and I am practicing sparring with males. You know, they're not sure how far to take me physically and I had to be sure I had to trust I had to trust these men that they knew where to take me in terms of physicality. right? So there was a lot of trust involved. Mm-hmm. Um, other struggles I, I, I can now notice back then when I was training with a lot of men was just making sure that I kept tuning into my femininity. So being around so many guys so much of my day and so much of my week and, you know, talking the lingo and speaking mm. like they speak and being surrounded by a lot of testosterone and that energy, its it's the yang energy... I needed to tune into my yin energy, which was my feminine side. And so outside of the gym, I would be sure to do things that nurtured my feminine side. Because let's face it, I mean, even dating, dating was very difficult and still is
5: because... Because people like to stereotype.
8: They like to stereotype. And I think, you know, guys... they they think they want to be with a strong woman or they Mm -hmm. say oh I love a strong woman and
5: as soon as they say that I know it's time to run (laughs) for the hills. (laughs) Um, You've broken the mold because as far as we know you're the only or one of the very few females in Canada to be a professional boxing ring announcer so how are you enjoying that? I am enjoying it. It's all fresh and new for me.
8: Um, I didn't have any formal training with a microphone in my hand. Mm-hmm. I chose over the last few years, I chose to take different courses and improv classes and storytelling courses, etc. to fine tune my skill with the microphone. The, 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 the one thing that I had really, really going for me was that I felt and feel very, very comfortable in the center of the ring. Right. So my training and my experience performing in the ring as a fighter mm-hmm. and as a teacher teaching in front of a class of students for many, many years gave me that confidence and that right to feel like, yes, I do belong here in center ring. And the rest was just fine tuning my my speech around the ring announcing. But other than that, I'm really enjoying it. It's because I'm paving the way. As far as I know, I am the only active professional female ring announcer in Canada. And I would love for anybody to correct me on that because I would love to speak to any other woman yes. who's doing it. <laughs> yeah, And I'm really enjoying that because, you know, I, I, I now could be a role model for other young girls and young men. And they don't have to be young. Other people in general exactly to um, follow their command, that respect, that, you know, I did work for this, actually. I didn't just come out of nowhere.
5: Right. So how do you see the future for women in boxing going forward? The future is already
8: happening right now in women's boxing. So the Olympics introduced women's boxing in 2012. So that started a good motion towards giving exposure to women. And beyond that, at the professional level, we have some some women doing some amazing, uh, who are extremely talented and putting on really mm-hmm. good performances. So the thing is, I mean, women aren't getting paid near as much as men are still yet. And that's a problem. And that's annoying because these women are working just as hard in the gym. They're working mm-hmm. right beside the men in the gym. Exactly. However, what's happening is now... A lot of the times you're having the women's fights as the fight of the night. Women are coming, they're pouring it all into the ring. They have something to prove now. And guess what? They've been training with men because they have access to men in the gym. So they have no choice but to be really, really good. They're technically sound, they're hungry, they're aggressive, and they want to win. So women's boxing is on the rise and all we need now is to talk about it in exposure. And it's slowly happening. We are slowly being televised. However, it's still slow.
5: Where can people connect with you online?
8: Uh, Instagram is where I'm doing, is where I'm most active, Yvette mm-hmm. I do have a website, evetreposo.com, and you can find me on Facebook as well, Yvette Reposo.:
5: And if somebody wants to come and listen to you announce...
8: Yes. um, Follow my Instagram page because my next show I have is April 4th and or May 11th is my next professional show. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a banger. That's going to be amazing. Really? It really is going to be an amazing show. I'm not just saying that. I just got the fight card. I just received the fight card and it's full of great matchups. And the promoter I'm working with is the longest standing promoter in Ontario. So he has a a strong pedigree in Ontario boxing, professional boxing. So May 11th at the CAA Centre in Brampton is going to be awesome. Fire. Yes. Okay.
5: Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm sure that you are and will continue to be an excellent role model. Thank you.
9: What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's Good to Grow High Interest Savings Account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first Good to Grow High Interest Savings Account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Have you met my friend Alfred? He's revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You know, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services is here to help. Wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your items with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code... What she said.
4: This is 105.9 The Region.
5: Did you know that March is fraud prevention month? It may seem silly that we need to dedicate a month to fraud protection, but it has created positive changes. According to a recent study from Capital One, 93% of Canadians are taking measures to protect themselves against fraud and identity theft. So joining us now is personal finance expert Barry Choi with tips on how you can protect your information where have you been all my life? <laughs> I've only
10: known you like a year now. So, <laughs> I know, so unfortunately, I know. I've fallen
5: for everything <laughs> no, before then.
10: That's not good to hear. <laughs> so, let's hear some tips. Well, I guess the first one is, um, y- you know, you want to make sure you-, you change your pin on a regular basis, or more importantly, just choose a secure pin. It sounds so obvious, but you know how people choose like one two three four, or, or you know one 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 one, or their birthday, or anything like that. Right? To me, it's kind of like you got to be smart about where your pin is and more importantly you got to make sure you know we all have multiple credit cards debit cards have different pin numbers you know i say this but at the same time i admit i have two cards that have the same pin number uh, i just <laughs> won't tell you what it is but, but the point is like you know you should mix them up right in case one card gets compromised uh then you're safe with the other ones
5: do you change your pin every year
10: i try to change my pin every single year uh but i personally you know what i do is i travel quite often i'm a bit paranoid about foreign atm still so what i do is i usually change my pin as soon as i come back from a trip
5: Okay, so how do you keep your personal information safe?
10: Yeah, so the funny thing is, is like you know, you know when you put in your security passwords, they're asking you like, what's your dog's name, what's your mother's maiden name, and all these things, right? You ever go on Facebook and people talk about their dog and their name and their mother's yep, main name? Yep. So it's it's so weird. But at the same time, it's just like you're literally throwing out all your information out there. Facebook tells you, oh, what junior public school did you go to? What high school did you go to? And these are literally the exact same questions for security. So it's like, why would you post it out there? And I admit I never really thought about that until I started doing research and I checked. I signed up for Facebook a decade ago. I was like, oh, my goodness, I have my junior public school. So I deleted it instantly because like, this information people don't need to know.
5: So what are some of the other things? Uh, you know, one other thing
10: is, like, I think a lot of people don't realize is uh, banks, credit card providers, they all offer extra security features that aren't turned on by default. For example, oh, Capital One has two-way fraud alerts. And what that means is if you activate it, if any time there's suspicious activity, they'll send you, like, basically a text or email or something, and you just say, yes, that was me. No, it wasn't me. And then right away, they know that, okay, this is a legit transaction, Right. But that's not always the case. You need to manually, or you need to tell them turn that on, please. Right?
5: Oh, so so this would be for a credit card.
10: Credit cards, yeah, debit card
5: th- or more credit cards more than credit anything card, else. Yeah, right? But absolutely. again, I want to make
10: the point that it's like it's an optional feature, and a lot of people just don't activate it.
5: Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's, I, <laughs> you yeah. Would, yeah, exactly. Why right? wouldn't they have it on? Because they're they're. They're on the on the hook for it. Well, I guess the joke is, degree. it's like a
10: lot of people don't like these extra features, or they don't like. It's like I just want to pay my money and move on. But fraud has become a real thing for a, a lot of brands, and they understand that. Um, and when you think about it, it's it's not much different when you think about it, it's like oh, like you know, you should check your statement on a regular basis, right? People don't do that. They get their bill at the end of the month and say, like, oh yeah, yeah, I just paid them amount. But did you actually go through line by line? Did you make these purchases? Because people don't realize that a lot of times that thieves aren't looking to make a $2,000, $3,000 purchase. They're trying to prompt you with like $10, $20 at a time to see if you notice. And if you don't notice, then maybe down the road, that's when they go for the big transaction, right?
5: Well, I remember doing that and I, I found something that was weird. And mm-hmm. when I called my bank... Uh, the girl said, she was checking and she said, well, actually, there was one last month and the month before.
10: Really? And yeah. so
5: then they, they... That's kind of what they're getting yeah, exactly, at. Right? Like you exactly, don't... exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, but I was, you know, they covered me for it. But I mean, just, you know, then they block those. Exactly. But
10: it's crazy. The thought at the same time, it's like, that means someone's got your information. Someone's got your credit card. And obviously, your banks can take care of that. But if you didn't notice... How much would you mean out uh, of? Uh, like they're they're just waiting for that long. It's, it's a long game for them, right? Because to you, like, why are they doing ten dollars at a time? But for them, it's just like, ah, uh, no, they're doing it to like hundreds of thousands of people at the same time. So that money just adds up.
5: So if you do suspect that you your information's been compromised, of course you report a loss. That's right. Or misplaced card right away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what else? Well, the thing is, you want to check things like some other stuff. Sometimes
10: it's not as obvious with your credit card statement. That's one thing. That's you'll only catch it if you know they've made a charge. You know, like, but sometimes people open up credit cards and get your name, and you don't even know it. So, what you want to do is monitor your credit score. And for people who aren't from with credit score, it just shows how credit worth you are. But if there's ever a dip, that usually implies that someone has uh, you know opened up a credit card or attempted to open yep. a credit card. And if you've done it. No big deal because you know it. But what if it wasn't you? So you got to make sure you're checking your credit score on a regular basis. You know, Capital One has Credit Keeper, which is a free credit credit score tool, which you can check, right? And if all of a sudden you see your credit score has dipped 10, 20 points. Then you can investigate right away. That might require you to open up a credit report or, you know, get your credit report where you can see the exact fine details. But that's where it'll list, hey, this account was open with X bank. This account was open with X loan or maybe even a mortgage was taken out, right? And as soon as you see that and you know it wasn't you, you can contact those lenders right away and be like, hey, this wasn't me. Let's fix this, blah, blah, blah.
5: You know, it's interesting because we uh, we were concerned about fraud. Mm-hmm. But when you say to me, um, OK, a really complicated password and yeah. they should all be different and changed once a year, I'm thinking, oh, my God, we way <laughs> too much work. As it is, I type them all out because I can't remember them. And sometimes, you know, just for uh, like for an app and I, I can't remember my Apple ID password because… I- Because I and the idea of changing everything. And so people just get lazy and then they go, oh,
10: exactly. And I get it. But then at the same time, you hear in the news all the time, how often security problems happen and you just don't want to be a victim of fraud. It's that simple.
5: Right. Well, for more tips on how to protect yourself from fraud and identity theft, you can check out Barry's blog, moneywehave.com or reach out to him on Twitter
4: at Barry Choi. Thank you for joining us. Anytime. This is 105.9 The Region.
11: She said.
3: connect with christine bentley and kate wheeler at what she said talk.com
1: canada's most celebrated indigenous actor tantu cardinal appears in two films this weekend falls around her and through black spruce film critic ann brody sat down with her in toronto let's take a listen
4: how's it feel coming back
11: i don't know yet i just need to cut off for a while what about your career? All I want to do is walk in the land.
2: So have you seen it with an audience yet? Yes. And? awesome oh,
11: fantastic. That's the first I saw it. Oh, no. It was in the audience. And I had my son beside me, and he just held my hand, my arm all the way through, and it was great. It was just wonderful to <laughs> have that solid support beside me, and and my agent was there. and. And, and at the end of it, there's this almost um, un, unlabeled kind of emotion because there's, it's connected to so much um, in my life. So much in life, but also so much in life as my career, you know, to actually be able to carry a story and to carry it in that beautiful place. Of Etikametshek uh, and Darlene's home and in the community that was there with us shooting this, you know, Darlene's cousins and <laughs> uh, all these people who who are just grow out of that land. So when it was cold, when it was dark, when it was rainy, when we were wading through mud, there were all these smiles around. Everybody is just so excited to be able to be telling this story and doing this production. They've always been there for, for Darlene, they call her Dolly. Um,
2: and for you. And, and, yes. I don't think you're gonna say that, but for you, I know it.
11: You're a legend. <laughs> Sorry. It's appearing that way. It's <laughs> that way. Legend. <laughs> Big, long story, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> and I'm glad that you stayed for, well, for most of it, in Canada and help feed our industry, and help create what it is. Congratulations, because do you remember in the 80s and the early 90s, everyone wanted to go to LA and stay there and and get series and stuff? And what kind of artistry is that, you know?
11: Yeah, well, you know what? The winds sent me over there. And I'm sure people thought that I went for those reasons. eh? No, I um, I took the guidance that had, uh, sent me that way,
2: uh-huh.
11: and so I had that experience. But it's certainly not any place that I felt like I belonged. In fact, there was this this uh, real strong sensation. And I and I lived, you know, close to the, uh, the Saint Gabriel Mountains, right. and we were kind of off on the side in Sierra Madre, in a small little town, and well, you know, <laughs> the town separated by a sign along the interstate. But, uh, and it's, it's all big, but there's a sense of separation in some of these little small towns. Anyway, that's where I was. And, um, and I remember the sensation of energy, like, tangled around my legs rather than you know energy coming up and and i thought well maybe this is because there's so many people and and people have a tendency to just send their energies that way and they don't really connect with the earth and and the sky and the universe and all that kind of stuff and then i went to vermont and was shooting a movie there where the rivers flow north and uh and I, and Jay Craven was taking us through the pines and showing us the locations and everything, and I just clearly felt the sensation of the earth coming through my feet, and up. so I moved my family there after we got done shooting.
2: Now your character here is a rock star, pretty high-profile rock star, and she decides she's had enough and flees, and then you see her out in the woods and she, exhales that's a universal feeling that we all seek right yes Yes? yeah and when you were doing that i mean you know the story you know that but did you really identify with it when you were shooting that scene
11: that's how i feel whenever i get to the land whenever i get to the bush whenever i get to that place that was my place of incubation incubation that's where i started is, is in the bush and it's, and it's personal, so, uh, that is, that's real.
2: Um. Now, is this story in any way the writer's story, or is it just a sort of compilation story?
11: I think I've heard her say that it, that it's a compilation, um, but I have a sneaky feeling that a lot of it is her. (laughs) You know, <laughs> but it is all of us. Yeah, and that ah, I love that about it. You know, and yes, it's an indigenous filmmaker. Yes, we're indigenous performers telling the story, but it's it's universal. It's human beings, and it's and women uh, from from the premiere. Women are just getting so much from it. Yeah. And the of Far films, yes. And there's going to be more, there's more that are in, uh, you know, that are being cut and they're in the process (laughs) of... So we'll see
2: you again very soon. I won't have to wait for my (laughs) 1987.
11: That'd be great if they're in, there'll be two in next year's tip. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Starting to get greedy here. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
3: What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. We'll be right back.
0: Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip (laughs) and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's Wealth Esteem. Terms and conditions apply.
7: Hi, I'm Stephanie Krasik, founder of StrainPrint. If you want to learn more about cannabis and are curious about it and maybe are thinking about using it for yourself... Check out strainprint.ca, check out our community that we have, which is filled with wonderful people and great conversations, and download the app Strainprint for free at Google Play or the App Store.
4: This is 105.9 The Region.
1: Direct selling is usually associated with party plan or network marketing companies. However, these are the only type of companies that use direct selling. Joining us today to tell us more is Linda Rose, General Manager of Mary Kay Cosmetics, and Nadia DeRoche, a Mary Kay Independent Sales Director. Welcome both of you to What She Said. Thanks for having us. <laughs> okay, so for some who may be a little confused, tell us exactly what direct selling
12: is. Well, direct selling is a really exciting industry in Canada. It is comprised... Primarily, of eighty-two percent of them are female, which is mm-hmm. exciting. More than one point three million Canadians sell direct selling. So, really, what it is is it's the purchase from the company to the consumer. So, in Mary Kay, um, our consultant Nadia would purchase directly from the cus- from us as a company, and then she would resell to the to the consultant. So, they also have the option to sell, you know, from their home from a website. So, they're not using traditional retail outlets,
1: right? So, I, I, you might re- sell directly to the consumer, correct? Yeah, I guess it's it's the the growth or the... It- the uh, becoming a grown-up of, of what we used to think of as Tupperware parties yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's what it is so it's all about your network it's networking
12: it's entrepreneurism I think what we find what is really exciting is that women come out of there no matter what time in their life so so I can remember meeting Nadia when you just had young children mm-hmm. and you know the children have grown so it's one of those businesses that can evolve with you depending on how your lifestyles going where you want it to fit into your life you know you run your own business you're in
1: business for yourself but really not by yourself So I guess that's why it's such a great business to be in, direct selling
13: for women. So when did you start, Nadia? So I started, it'll be 20 years next wow. month. Yeah. And at the time I was home on a mat leave with um, an extended mat leave with a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And I fell in love with the eye cream. And I thought the idea of getting the eye cream at cost price and would be fun. And I thought, well, let me try this and see if I have, this might be a viable opportunity to have the flexibility to work from home. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to my director's meetings each week, basically, my husband used to say, just to get out of the house. It gave me an excuse. Exactly. you understand. <laughs> have an adult conversation about anything. Exactly. <laughs> it gave me an excuse to get cute, put on pantyhose and go out and have some fun girl time instead of just going to the mall and spending money. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm so glad that I actually did that because that's where I actually saw the bigger picture with things and um, I wanted to say that it wasn't until I went to my first leadership conference, which is a conference for Directors only, and that's the top two percent of the company. That I saw that this was such a lucrative business opportunity. Um, I went to San Antonio 18 years ago, and by that point, as Linda said, I had small kids. But but by that point, I was um, seven months pregnant with baby number four. So I used to get kind of teased that I was in two kinds of production. <laughs> 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 and I went to San Antonio, yes, to kind of escape and get away. But I'm so glad I did because it was meeting those yeah. directors there and seeing, imagine 8,000 women all in the same director suit. Um, There's such a sense of sisterhood and belonging. And these women were professional, articulate, career women who had left amazing professions to do Mary Kay full time. And I thought, wait, what? Like, I did not realize that this was something that you could do this way. And that's when I knew that if it's good enough for them, this is good enough for me.
5: How has the landscape changed for direct selling in Mm -hmm. let's say her career span your career span what do you see
12: it's it's changed dramatically I think you know when I started it was just about doing a party doing a skincare class and now we do things through social media each of the directors have their own website Um, they have their own branding Um, we're we're Booking classes through texts. I mean, there's so many different avenues of income that a woman can have. So it's, you don't have to just do the party mode. Um, you have this wonderful clientele that you connect through online. We just launched this week a, a new app that takes a picture of your your skin, analyzes it, and then we send you a list of the products that you need. So the evolution has been huge. Um, and for Mary Kay, I think the biggest evolution is the young people that have joined. We have a huge group of 20 and 30 year olds that are joining and saying, I want to run my own career. I I want to do it on my own terms. Um, and I want to set my own hours and set my own income. And that's been exciting to see the evolution in
1: Mary Kay. Now, now Nadia said mm-hmm. that she fell in love with, with a cream, eye cream, I think mm-hmm. you said it was. Do you feel it's very important or somewhat important to be passionate about the product that you're dealing I with? I do.
12: I mean, I think when you're passionate about what you sell, it's easier to sell it because mm-hmm. you can use personal experiences. Um, you can share how you've used it, how it's, how, how it's changed. And that's, I would say, for 99% of our consultants, they join just because they've fallen in love with the product first. Then they fall in love with the company, what it stands for, and then they fall in love with the career.
5: So obviously, the product line has probably gone through a huge transformation uh, as well yeah we 're not your grandmother 's makeup anymore, <laughs> as is
12: evidence with nadia yeah. <laughs> um, with with her young people, I think you know there 's that idea of who we used to be, which, you know, was the pink packaging and all of those things. And if you look at who Mary Kay is, it's this progressive brand um, from a technology point of view. We've just uh, opened a brand new R&D facility in our head office in Dallas, Texas, you know, that is has more doctors and scientists than most other companies. We're very
1: much focused on that skincare. So we're, we're unique. We've changed a lot. Now, Mary Kay is a member of the Direct Sellers Association. Correct. So tell us what that means and, and why it's important.
12: I think for the consumer, anybody that's a member of the Direct Selling Association gives them that that sense that this company um, is following the ethics and the integrity that are expected. Because there always sometimes is, is direct selling safe? Is it something that I should be doing? When you join a member company, we are upholding um, regulatory things that we have to follow from an ethics and an integrity point of view. Plus, we also work with government. And any of those companies that join the DSA also have to be vetted. So the consumer can feel very safe. Um, and the direct selling company represents people like Naughty or the 1.3 million women, 82% of them that are women that are in the association from regulatory through to taxation, all of the
5: different issues that it represents Mm -hmm.
12: the companies and its members. And I
5: would imagine, too, being members, that a lot of those companies provide training and keep their members updated and all the people that work with and for them.
12: One of the things that I think I'm so proud about in direct selling is the training that all the companies give. Um, I think anybody that has been our company, I often say you may not drive a pink Cadillac, but I promise you will leave our company with more self-confidence, with an entrepreneurial attitude and some great training.
1: Who gets the pink Cadillacs these days? People like Nadia.
13: Hey, have fun. (laughs) I'm a premier car driver. He's (laughs) on on order. I still do that. That's uh,
1: that's great. That's uh, a little bit of history. So do you have any advice for would-be entrepreneurs, Nadia, if they want to start off? They're listening to this and they think, I could do this. I could fit this into my life.
13: Yeah. um, I would think that what I would advise is, first of all, if this is something you're considering, don't take advice from somebody that you wouldn't. Be willing to trade places with is one thing. Secondly, you could think of Mary Kay actually as an amazing apprenticeship mm-hmm. opportunity. I think of my two older kids in university right now doing co op placements. One is like re- ready to take a placement at minimum wage, and the other one is willing to take one for no pay. And Mary Kay is an amazing. Well paid. You could think of it as two year opportunity to get amazing communication skills mm-hmm. and grow in ways you never knew you could. And after two years, you'll
5: know if entrepreneurship is something that's for you. How? What is the age gap? How young would you hire somebody, or would you allow somebody at eighteen? To? At, at eighteen, they're
12: they're able to join.
5: So a university student could Absolutely. basically do this.
12: I had a really fun occasion in Quebec. I had a twenty year old had earned her first pink Cadillac at the age of twenty, um, and we have this kind of a rule that you have to have been a driver for four or five years well we had to give up that rule because she was at eight, <laughs> at 20 um no you could join as young as 18 um and i have directors who are in their 90s that have been with our company we've been in canada 40 years so we have You a have
5: directors that are 90 mm-hmm.
12: years old yeah they look they look pretty amazing you know well it's because they're using the product that's, yeah exactly. <laughs> but that, exactly that's what's so cool about this industry is that no matter what your age it fits into your lifestyle right right what's your favorite product my favorite product is our oil-free eye makeup remover it was the first product i I fell in love with and I still love it to this day
13: and yours is it still the eye cream and no mine is the Voli Firm line because it's got hyaluronic acid which is an mm-hmm. amazing boost of hydration but my favorite product is the biocellulose um, Korean inspired mask with coconut water and orchid extract oh
5: it sounds edible
13: Nadia tell, tell us how people would get in touch with you so people can get in touch um, basically by going to marykay.ca mm-hmm. and they can put in their postal code and the, it will bring up a bunch of consultants that are within their work, area, area. Okay. and they can choose to get in touch with a consultant and anybody that they would get in touch with would be really thrilled to offer them a complimentary pampering session and they, it's fun and it's free. Why not? Why not? Why? Uh, yeah. And how do people find out more about direct selling? Where can they go? They can go to the
12: dsa.ca website and just learn about direct selling in general. They can also go to the Mary Kay site where we talk about direct selling, and what the opportunity is like.
5: Excellent. Yeah. This would be a great opportunity for people to look into mm-hmm. young people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you both for joining us today to tell
1: us all about it. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.
3: What She Said with
9: Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect meridian's good to grow high interest savings account was made for you at meridian we say be picky order that half-calf half-sweet no foam latte with whip try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding and accept nothing less than three percent interest for four months when you open your first good to grow high interest savings account meridian expecting more for your money that's wealth esteem terms and conditions apply
7: Hi, I'm Stephanie Krasik, founder of StrainPrint. If you want to learn more about cannabis and are curious about it and maybe are thinking about using it for yourself, check out strainprint.ca, check out our community that we have, which is filled with wonderful people and great conversations, and download the app StrainPrint for free at Google Play or the App Store.
5: Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code Said."
4: This is 105.9 The Region.
1: Well,
11: Saturday night at 8 o'clock, I know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick my baby
9: up and take her to the picture show.
1: Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our film critic, Ann Brody, and everyone's favorite elephant is back. <laughs> Disney's live action remake of Dumbo is in theaters now. I saw you interacting with Dumbo on the green screen and you sucked. I know,
2: I, did. I really did. <laughs> I'm going, where is, where is he? You're patting him here and he's over here. You're patting him over there and he's over there. Like, okay, be very, very careful. Yeah, technology's wonderful. <laughs> But how's the movie? It is such an emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. As the original Dumbo was, the cartoon, this is very different. It's Tim Burton, so it's a little bit dark, a little bit goth, a little bit unsettling. Uh, But it's got a wonderful heart. And, of course, things turn out okay. Uh, Dumbo's mother doesn't die. Somebody mentioned that she died in the earlier one. I don't remember that. But she doesn't die. But she's taken away from him by... basically slave elephant owners Mm -hmm. and dumbo is about to be sent off too except because of his ears they're ugly they're like Mm -hmm. big sheets then they discover he can fly Mm -hmm. so they save him and colin farrell is his keeper um and colin's just so into it it's just such a delight to watch him in this role
1: Okay, excellent. So that's on your that's on your that's must a, watch. That's a must watch. That's a must watch. Okay. Now, um Tantu Cardinal,
2: one of Canada's
1: great natural resources. Yes, I guess we could say. How true. Um now she tell us about uh, this
2: powerful psychological
1: oh. study that she is appearing in.
2: Yes, it's called Falls Around Her and mm-hmm. it's about a rock musician, an Anishinaabe rock musician who's had enough. She just can't take the city life, the, the managers, the, the greed, all of that, and the people constantly clamoring for her. So she goes back to live on the reservation, and she has her cottage uh, and a great life, and she connects to the earth again, which is what she wants. And she told me in the interview that we're going to be playing today that it was all about standing on the ground and letting it fill her mm-hmm. in real life and in the film. So that's, it's a a connection, a a rejuvenation connection. So all's all's well. And then the city finds her. One of her exes and slash manager comes to get her and he's, uh, he's putting her at tremendous risk. So she has to become a warrior. It's tremendous. It's not, it doesn't sound like a tremendous plot, but it's just such an experience to watch her and to go through her character's journey. She's really coming Wonderful. into into her oh, own my these days, hasn't Four films at TIFF. Two are out this week: "Falls Around Her" and "Through Black Spruce." It's a minor role, but she's amazing as usual. Well, let's talk. Uh, that's
1: Don McKellar's Mac- film. That's right, <clears throat> uh, "Through Black Spruce." So, so uh, Tanaya Beattie
5: is, yes. is in that one.
2: Yes, she plays twins. Uh, She lives in Moosonee, in the community, and her sister's gone off to be a model in Toronto, and she's disappeared. So, uh, she's loath to leave to go on this journey. At least her family doesn't want her to, but she insists on doing it, and she discovers an underbelly in Toronto. Um, It's... Really hard watching it. And Tania Beatty's interview, uh, performance is so incredible. I thought, oh my God, this girl's a real warrior. What's she going to be like to interview, <laughs> <laughs> she's a sweetie? And you'll see her next she's week. She's Clearly, a good actress. Yeah, she's a very good actress. <laughs> there you actress. go. Um, now, what is Hotel Mumbai? Oh, that is astonishing. Honestly, if you don't like to be upset at the movies, don't go to it. Uh, do you remember in two thousand eight the uh, bom- the terrorist attacks on the Taj Palace Hotel in <laughs> Mumbai? And there were no police who were trained in that sort of thing. There were hundreds of people in the hotel, staff and guests, and they were uh, help was going to be days coming. So these teenagers are walking around with machine guns, firing on everybody. Uh, It it, it's sort of a moment to moment thing. It's not you know. completely in time but it feels like it and you follow the people who are inside mm. trying to find safe haven mostly under the aegis of this wonderful chef who was a, who was a real life hero um, looking for safety and what they're going through what the community outside is going through and you see it from the point of view of these, these attackers as well honest to God it is it does not let up all right, let's uh, let's switch to Acorn TV cuz Dawn
1: French, one of my favorite uh, comedians, actors, uh, she's got something going on and she plays a chef, Chef,
2: a chef. Gina, yeah, Chef Gina in Delicious and this is season 3. Um she she and her late husband's mistress turned wife. So when she was dumped they get together and they open a restaurant to run it themselves Mm -hmm. and they have a good time they have they have rough times it's it's like any family it's all kinds of dramas happening um but it's narrated by the husband (laughs) so it has several points of view and uh it's the way it's shot, the way it, it looks, it's set in this idyllic Cornwall coastline. There's peacocks in the garden and all kinds of flowers and things and and these two, they're witty, they're mean, they're j. <laughs> they go to it. Well, we are going to... Thanks for joining us. Thanks for,
1: for opening the show with me and closing the show <laughs> with us today. That is it for What She Said this weekend. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Do be sure to visit us online at whatshesaidtalk.com, where you can find Anne's blogs, among other things, and follow us on social media, all at What She Said Talk. Have a great weekend.
0: Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars.
3: Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at
4: theAllymars.com.
0: Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.
7: Hi, I'm Steve Yurko.
0: And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast.